learning is what's proportional to Yitzchak Aaron and Miriam. Today's daf mem. Very top uh, words on mem Rav. Amar Rav. Tolbaruch, Tolbaruch, Enotzarach Levar. So the Gemara now launches into a discussion about uninterrupted, uh, that a person should do, not have any interruptions between Hamotzi and the time that they eat their bread. Uh, it should be the bracha should go, and then directly a person should proceed to eating the bread. So that's a concept of hefsek. So the Gemara is talking about things that even though a person is talking, they're still not called hefsek. So a person says, Tol baruch, take the, take the bracha, take the bracha. So that's a reference to the bread. Uh, he's saying to somebody else who's there, hey, here, take this bread, take the bread. The bread is called the thing of the bracha. So that doesn't require him to make another hamotzi because that, that, that's, that's something that's relevant to the meal itself. He's saying, take the bread. Take the bread is not a hefsek. Chavi malach, chavi lift on. But if he says, go bring salt or some other dips that you'd eat with the bread, then sarach levarach. That is a hefsek. That is an interruption. That's something that's unnecessary. And therefore, you need to make a new bracha, a new hamotzi. Even if they said bring salt or bring the dip, that you don't, that, that's also not considered a hafzik. You don't need to make another bracha because that's also relevant to the needs of the, uh, the meal. And the reason is because the bracha should go on good type of bread. And if the bread wasn't that good, especially in those days, then they needed sometimes some dip, some salt or something to eat it with to make it enjoyable. So that's a, considered a need of the bracha itself to bring some salt. However... Gevulatory, if they start saying, go prepare, go like, um, Gevul is like to mix up the food for the oxen. Gevulatory, go mix up food for oxen. Tzarech Levarach, that definitely is a hafzik. Why are you talking about that between hamotzi and you eating? So that requires a bracha. However, Rav Summer, the third opinion of Gevulatory, even if somebody says, go mix up food for the animals, Eino Tzarech Levarach, it does not, it's not a hafzik, you don't need to make another bracha. Why? What does the feeding the animals have to do with you saying hamotzi and then eating? It's actually forbidden for a person to eat unless he's already placed food down in front of his animal. It says in the Pasuk in Shema, when a person does good, the Pasuk says, I'll give grass in the field for your animal. And then the Pasuk continues and says, and then the Pasuk says, that then you'll eat and you'll be satisfied. So it sounds like the sequence is, first your animal gets its grass, and then you eat and you're satisfied as well. So now that becomes a halacha that is forbidden for a person to eat before they place food in front of their animals. So if a person realizes, hey, he makes a mochi, he's about to take a bite of bread, he realizes, I didn't give food yet to my animal. So it, 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 it's not called a hafzik if he speaks about going to feed his animal because he needs to do that before he can eat. So that's the tzorech of the meal. It's a tzorech of the meal that he goes and feeds his animals. So even that is not considered to be, um, not considered to be a hafzik. Tosfos talks about, I mean, it's really from the, from the next Kemar, so let's just do the next Kemar as well. Let's say you have a situation like we have on Shabbos where one person is being motzi many people with the blessing. So there's whatever it is, 10 people sitting around the table and one person is making a motzi on everybody's behalf. So he's not supposed to make the bracha and break his bread until there is salt or dip in front of each person. And the reason for that is that everybody's going to be eating the bread of the bracha and uh, everybody should have the right of enjoyment, so to speak. Everybody should, should have this thing that whatever bread they're going to be eating should be enjoyable. So if the bread wasn't enjoyable by itself, was, was coarse, whatever it was that made it not taste so good, so then they should have to, uh, they need the salt or the dip. So a, the person making the bracha should wait until the salt or dip is brought until everybody at the table before he says hamotzi and breaks the bread and hands out the bread. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Barshmo Ikhlid Beirish Kulusa. It was once Rabbi Shmuel went to the Beirish Kulusa's house. Apukle Rifta Ubatzaladya. 
So they just did it. They didn't wait for everybody to, uh, to, uh, to wait for everybody to get their salt. They just did it right away. So I'm really hugging him. I say, what's going on? Were you, did, did you retract from your opinion? What's the deal? This bread, this one, does not have the law that it needs to be wait, that you have to wait for. Meaning this bread is so good, the bread here at the Reish Kalusa's house tastes so good that it doesn't require salt or a lift on to enjoy it. It's good on its own right. So if it's good on its own right, then in this scenario, we don't have to wait for there to be salt in front of each person. So Tosos kind of piggybacks on this Gemara and the two Gemaras, and he says that for us nowadays, our bread is considered enjoyable on its own right. So if our bread is enjoyable in its own right, then we don't need to have salt or lift on at the table. We can just eat bread uh, straight up. And Tosos brings a precedent from, these, uh, from this Gemara. However, then Tosos, very interestingly, the end of the first Tosos brings a very famous min, uh, medrash from Rabbi Menach that, that is very important, Api Kabbalah, to have salt at the table, nothing to do with how the salt tastes. And even though, again, it's not in the Gemara. In the Gemara, it seems like the only variable why a person should have salt on the table is to make sure that they're going to enjoy the bread. They're going to enjoy the bracha shalamotzi. So if the salt is, is not as unnecessary, if the bread tastes good. But the Rabbi Menachem brought that when the, that says when the Jews are sitting around the table and everybody's waiting for each other to wash and come back to the table, it takes a few minutes. So up there in Shemayim, the satan is mekatrik. Why is the satan mekatrik? Because the Jews aren't talking. They're not doing any mitzvahs. They're just sitting. They're not allowed to do anything. And what protects them during that time? He says, oh, look at these people. They're not, they don't have any tzchuyas. So it says that the bris that Hashem made with the melach, with the salt, it was what protects us during that time. And for that reason, even if we don't need the salt at all for our bread, it's good to have salt at the table. It doesn't even say that necessarily the value is to use the salt. But the value is that there is salt that is present at the table. Bris melach megan alem, obviously some deeper ideas that are taking place. But therefore it is mentioned that the halacha is that a person should have salt at the table, even if the bread is considered uh, very good. People who are famously know something else about salt, but that doesn't come from the Rishonim at all. If our bread doesn't need salt, does that mean now it becomes considered an Oh, so that's a very good question. Pashas, halachically today, it depends how much <laughs> you hold of this thing. Pashas from the Gemara, the takeaway is yes, it would be Pashas be a hassan. But the post can say that once it becomes this din that Tosos mentions, that it's good to have salt at the table, then it's still okay to say. What does it mean by Greek milk? We'll talk about it. So we need a little more to talk about this thesis. So some very deep ideas. All right? We'll, we'll talk about it. All right. Says the Gemara. So now we just get into some other things that are not, you know, not directly related to brachos. A person can only be uh, guaranteed that all the urine will come out of his bowels, that it'll, that it'll really empty his bladder if he's sitting down. So what is that? The idea is that they used to there would be some sort of hard, you know, firm soil, then the urine drops would be bouncing, like bouncing up. So a person would be careful. He didn't want, you know, just like instinctively, his body wouldn't completely um, let everything out. So in other words, right at the end of urination, when the stream is not strong, so the drips are going to be going right close to your body. And at that point, they would bounce back up from the ground and, 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 and hit you. So you didn't want that. So your body almost like instinctively clams up and doesn't allow the last drops of urine to come out. So therefore, if a person wants to be guaranteed that all the urine comes out, then what they should be doing is sitting when they urinate. But if it's loose soil, so it doesn't bounce up easily, so then if it's loose, it will just be absorbed, so then you could even do it urinating. Let's say there's not any that's available, then go stand in a high place, you want to urinate on an incline, so then it won't uh, bounce back towards your body, it will just uh, roll away away from your body. Okay, now the Gemara continues with more. This is really just, I mean, health advice. This is not really um, 
Like Hilchos Brachos and Mashmar says, Amar Rabbi Barshmuel Shmei Rabbi Chiyachar Kolach Lachol Malach. After all you eat, you should make sure to eat some salt. Rachel Koshes Gazlach Shtei Mayim. After anything that you drink, make sure that you drink water. V'Yatonizok. If you do that, you eat, you eat salt after your eatings, and you drink water after your drinkings will not be damaged. Shani Nami Yachad Barshmuel says, Like Kolach Lachol Malach. All your eatings, you should have salt. Rachel Koshes Shtei Mayim. After all your drinkings, you should drink water. V'Yatonizok. Tani Yizok. It says yet in another Brachos Lachol Malach. Let's say a person eats any sort of dish, but he doesn't eat salt at the end. He drinks any type of liquid, but he doesn't drink water. By Yom, during the day, he has to be worried about bad breath. And now you should worry about Oscar. Oscar is some sort of a choking disease uh, that comes from the inside. So, Mar is telling us that health-wise, it's important to, to clean it out so we get the salt after eating and drinking water after any other drink. Says the Gemara Torah Rabbanon, furthermore, things like this. Someone who is mekapeh, literally like he soats, he floats uh, all his food into water, he won't come to any uh, stomach diseases. So meaning the Gemara is basically saying, make sure that you're always having a lot of water with the food that you're eating. The Kama, how much water, like what's the ratio? When you're having one loaf of bread, you got a flask of water. So that's obviously a little bit, you know, how big is the bread and how much... How big is the flask? The Mar doesn't tell us exactly, but the point is, for all every bread you get a flask of water. One somebody who usually has uh, lentils once every thirty days. Mona asked me to obey, so it's very healthy. It prevents Oscar, this choking disease, from his house. But to have lentils every single day is not good. My time was a reason. It is bad for bad breath. Says the Gemara, Amar Mari Amar Biyochon on a regular bechar to achas l'shoshim yom. Someone who has mustard seeds once for thirty days, moneh chalaim mitok beso. It prevents diseases from being within his home. Avokol yom alo, you shouldn't have mustard seeds every day. My time is shun the kasher l'chusha gliba, faintness of the heart, some sort of heart disease that can come from too much mustard. Says the Gemara, Amar Chiyavar Ashi Amar Rav. A regular b'dagim ketanim. Someone who usually has he frequents uh, small little fish. Ainu bali dechol me'ayim. It's good. It may prevent you from uh, stomach disease. More than the fact that it's prevented, that it stops diseases in the stomach. So it's, listen to the language here. Mafrinu marbin, right? That they it, 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 that language is used like usually a lot of like procreation, like it peruvu, like it makes great mafrin and it makes great health in your entire body. So it's basically a way of saying it's totally just good for you. Amar so someone who usually has ketzach will not come to ke'elev. So I, I, I don't know exactly what ketzach is. It's a type of herb which is used in, uh, in, in a lot of medicines and they'd stick it into their food and it was considered good. Anyone, anyone have an exact word? Fennel. So the Gemara says, Gemara is saying it's a good thing. Someone who eats this fennel won't come to ke'elev, to pains of the heart. So the Gemara says, It's one of the 60 forms of death. I don't know what it means 60 times of death. We had uh, 903 times of death a little in the first paragraph. I don't know where we got the number 60, but evidently there's 60 uh, species of death. So Ketzach is one of them. Some is a poison. What? Some is a poison. One of 60 poisons. Oh, I got what you're saying. Samani Amavis means a type of poison. Very good. And somebody who sleeps to the east of its granary. So meaning the wind is going to come out from the west, it seems like, and blow... And it will go over this granary and blow towards you. Dama Barosho, your, your, your blood is on your head, meaning it's your own fault. This thing is going to be very dangerous to you. It's going to be very harmful. It's poisonous. And uh, it's your own fault because you didn't distance where you're sleeping. You slept to the east of this uh, fennel granary. 
So the Gemara says, so what do we see from here? That the fennel's horrible. We see if, you know, you're sleeping to the east of it, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like poisonous. Yet we're saying he recommended before that you should eat the fennel. So which one, which one is it? So the Gemara says, Lokasha, It's an unbelievable thing. The smell is poisonous, but the taste is good. So how do you do that? I mean, every time you taste it, you're going you're gonna to smell it. So the Gemara says, She'd take out bread and she would like stick it to it. Then she would peel it away. So in other words, it would be collate the tam, Rashi says. The bread would absorb the flavor of the fennel, but then she would like wipe it off so the odor would go away and all we left would be the flavor. So that's the key. The flavor is very good. The odor is very bad, very harmful. So uh, that's what we, we walk, away, walk away with with the fennel. Getting back to the Mishnah. So the Mishnah mentioned that there's a general bracha called Bori Pariha Adama, which is for um, all types of vegetables and, and legumes and seeds, everything according to the Rabbanon and, and greens. And Rabbi Yudah breaks it apart. Rabbi Yudah says, no, you should say Bori Pariha When you're eating greens, let's just say a cabbage. According to Rabbi Yudah, you'd say Bori Pariha We also learned a couple of blot ago, if somebody was eating legumes, according to Rabbi Yudah, the bracha would not be Bori Pariha but Bori Pariha In other words, what Rabbi Yudah does is that he basically is making three categories in Bori Pariha Vegetables are Adama, greens have Dishaim, and legumes have Zeraim. And the Rabbanon say, what do you breaking this down into three subcategories. It's just all bori priya adama, anything which grows out of the ground. So the Gemara says quickly, Amar Rabbi Zerufi, Tamer Rabbi Chunan Bar Papa, Ein Halacha Kerab Yehuda. The Halacha is not like Rabbi Yehuda. But Amar Rabbi Zerufi, Tamer Rabbi Chunan Bar Papa, my time is Rabbi Yehuda. What's the reason for Rabbi Yehuda? Where does he get this idea that brachos have to be so specific? Amar Kra, Baruch Hashem, Yom Yom. So the Pasuk says, the Pasuk can tell him, is bless Hashem every day. So I already fell into the trap. I said every day. Really, it says bless Hashem day, day. So what does that mean? Well, you're the only blessing Hashem is during the day and not at night. What is the emphasis on day? So what it means to tell you is that each and every day is a unique opportunity as it's unique brachos. And every single day you have to thank Hashem for that day. So what it's saying is you can't be general with the way you think Hashem. It's saying a uh, philosophy that the brachos to Hashem should be me'in brachos of that every specific day has its own thing. So achanami, what we derive from here, the same way we say that with time, we say that with type of things. Kol min v'min, me'in You should be giving me'in brachos to what, don't be so general and just say but it should be very specific and say from each thing what we're thanking Hashem for. So that's why Rabbi Yudah walks away with a philosophy that we try to make more subcategories within brachos. Now the Gemara doesn't even relate back what the Rabbanan's response is here. Which is an interesting, uh, interesting point. I mean, Rabbi Yudah's thing sounds a little bit distant and rachuk from the idea of the pasuk, but that's what ends up being the philosophy. Yom yom, me'in berchos. If you have to thank Hashem for each and every unique things of each day, so so too each unique things of each food, and not rely on general brachos or bari And that's why Rabbi Yudah broke up the bracha into categories. Says the Gemara, Amar of Zera, this is just the same name. This is why this piece of Agadah comes in. Come and observe. Hashem doesn't work the way flesh and blood works. If I have an empty vessel, it can hold something. But a vessel that's full, it can't hold anything. It's already full. The way Hashem works is the exact opposite. You know the way it works with Torah? If you're full, if you have a lot of Torah in you, then it's easier to hold on to more, to hold more. 
But if you have MD of Torah, you're distant from Torah, then it's difficult to accept any Torah. And as it says in the passage, by Yomer, Im Shomoa Tishma. So what's the double language? Im Shomoa Tishma. Pasha is just a double language. It says if you listen. But we interpret it homiletically, no. Im Shomoa, if you've already listened and you have Torah in you, Tishma, then you can have future learning as well. Vim Lav, Lo Tishma. So in order to learn, you have to already have known. Tashima, Dover Acha, rather, Im Shomoa, Biyashin Tishma Bakadash. But if you turn your heart away, you will not be able to learn anymore. So that's the irony. The irony of learning is that in order to, to remember what you learned and uh, to be into it, you have to have already previous Torah under, under your belt. The more you have under your belt, the more it is uh, to learn more. Okay. Says the Mishnah. Even though fruits are supposed to be parades, but if someone says on a fruit, they are yatsa. They fulfill their chiv, meaning they don't have to say another bracha. But if the opposite, if you say bari pere eight on a vegetable, then you are not yotzei. Then you'd have to make another bracha. Regarding both scenarios, all scenarios, if you just said you're always yotzei. So again, when we say yotzei, it's obviously not the right thing to do. The right thing to do is make the specific bracha, but we made him, you made a shahakol, then you don't have to make another bracha. Says the Gemara. We said that if you say a hadama on a tree, on a fruit, you're Yosef. So Mark says, Mantana Dikri Elon Arahi. Who is the Tana that holds that the essential part of something that grows on a tree is the soil? Now, what does the Gemara mean? How did the Gemara see that? We're saying hadama on a fruit, you're Yosef. Well, hadama doesn't really, it doesn't really seem right. It grows on, off the tree, not off the ground. Must be that this Tana looks at a tree, Rashi says, like the way we look at a stalk. Like when you look at a stalk, a vegetable grows from a stalk. Obviously, it, didn't, it grows from the ground. The stalk is just the accessory. So who is the Tana that looks in the tree the same way you look at a stalk of a vegetable? That it's just the accessory through which the, the ground is making this thing grow. But ultimately, the essential way we look at this thing growing is from the ground. And that's the reason why you could be Yotze with Bari Priya Adama. If it wouldn't be like that, if we would look at the tree as being like its own you know, entity and the ground is just like the roots behind it, but really it's the tree, then, uh, then we wouldn't say that. Then if I'd say a Bari Priya Adama, you wouldn't be Yotze. So where do we find a Tana that looks at fruits as really coming more from the ground and just looking downgrading the role of the tree is more of like a stalk? So the Gemara says, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak Rav Yehudahi. It's really only one opinion. It's the opinion of Rav Yehudah. Now we learned in the Mishnah Bikur. Yavei Shammai Benixas Eilan. A person who's bringing their first fruits, right? They grow on trees. Let's say a pomegranate. Bring it to the base of Mikdash. So there's Kriyas Bikurim. When you come, you read a parsha Bikurim. But if let's say the stream that you use to water to irrigate the tree has already dried up, or the tree that grew the pomegranate has already been cut down at the time you bring it, maybe even Okori, you bring your Bikurim, but you do not read the Parsha Bikurim. If you don't, maybe Bikurim, if you just says you do. So what's the issue? In the Parsha Bikurim, it says that we thank Hashem for what? For the land that Hashem has given you, for the Adama that was given to you. So what does this mean here? The Tanakama says, well, if the tree was cut up and the Mayan or even which was the source of irrigation is not there, you can't thank Hashem for the Adama. Why can't you thank Hashem for the Adama? The soil is still there. Well, the Rabbanan have a very loose definition. I'm just saying over the Gemara a little bit. It's a way I understand it. The, the, the Rabbanan have a very loose definition of what Adama means. They say Adama doesn't mean you thank Hashem for the soil that produced it. Thank Hashem for all that was necessary for the production of this pomegranate. So if the tree is cut down, or if even the stream which provided the water for the growth of this pomegranate is in here, you can't say Adama. Adama means all that was behind the growth. 
That's what the Rabbanan say. Whereas Rav Yudah says, no, Adama means literally the soil. If the soil is still there and the soil was the thing that made this thing, then you could still say Al Adama. So what's Pshat in that Machlokas that the Rabbanan are translating Al Adama in a very loose way that it means all the things that brought about the growth and Rav Yudah is translating it very literal, just the soil. So the answer is, well, what do we look at really being producing the tree as we're producing the fruit? Rav Yudah looks at the soil as the one that does it. So he translates Adama very literal. You're thanking Hashem when you bring the fruit for the soil because the soil is the main source of the growth. Everything else are just random accessories, but the soil is really the essential growth. So you think Hashem for the Adama means the Adama. That's Rabbi Yudah's position. So Rabbi Yudah is the one who would say, if you would say oh, Adama over a fruit, you'd be Yodzi because we look at the soil as the real source of the growth. But the Rabbanans say, when you're bringing fruits, you're thanking Hashem for the soil. Well, the soil is never really the full, the real source anyway. The Rabbanan actually say the tree is the real thing. So it must be when you thank Hashem for the soil, what Hashem is saying is that you thank Him for all of the things that contributed to the growth. And if you can't thank Hashem for all of the contra- contributions of the growth, even to the extent that the water that you, the water supply that you use, that you use has dried up, then you can't thank Hashem for the growth. So it's a question of the way we look at the soil. Like Rabbi Yudah, that the soil is the ichor growth of the pre. So the Torah just means, is the soil there? As long as the soil is still there, who cares if the tree or the, or the, or the water supply is not there? You can still thank Hashem for the soil. The Rabbanon don't translate soil literally because why would you be thinking Hashem for the soil when you bring the fruit? That, that's not the ichor of the thing that made the fruit. Must be that soil is just a loose thing and saying all the contributions of the fruit I'm thanking Hashem for. So once some of them now are missing, I can't thank Hashem for the water or for the tree. Then... You can no longer make your Havas Bikurim. So it comes out that the din of our Mishnah is really tali in a machlokas between Rabbi Yudah and the Rabbanon from the laws of Bikurim. Says the Gemara, Al Peros Haaretz. Then we said that if I make a Haaretz on a vegetable, you're not Yodzei. So the Gemara says, Pshita, that's obvious. I mean, why is that even a novelty? Well, why would anybody think that uh, if they would make a Haaretz on a vegetable, which doesn't come out of a tree, that it's a good bracha? Obviously, it's not a correct bracha. So the Gemara says, We're going like Rabbi Yudah. We're according to Rabbi Yudah, we find that a wheat stalk is referred to in the Torah as a tree. Where do we see that? The Tanya says in the Raisa, What was the tree that Adam Arishan ate from? So that it was called an eight. It was called a tree. So we have to know which one it was. So Rabbi Meir Omer Gevanai was a grapevine. What always brings a person to, you know, lightheadedness and cursing and bad things happening? It's always wine. So that's by Noah, I believe, right? Yeah, that's by Noah. Noah got drunk with the wine. So anyways, we see that wine, uh, we have a precedent that wine makes bad things happen. So presumably Adam drank wine. It was a fig. For the, the thing that he made a mistake with, that's the thing that he was fixed it with. When they were naked and they were embarrassed, so they took fig leaves to cover themselves. So what are they taking fig leaves for? It must be that they were taking the thing that they sinned with and making something good out of it. So if they use fig leaves to, to, to cover up their nakedness, it must be that the fruit that they ate was a fig. Rabbi Yudah says it was a wheat. Always associated with das, a child is only able to learn to call his parents Abba and Ima once he eats enough, uh, enough grains. Grains are associated with das, and if that's true, it's a das presumably was wheat. So if that's true, it comes out that according to Rabbi Yehuda, which we just established, the Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda, that uh, somebody might think, that the wheat stalk is referred to it, that Eitz Adas was wheat, so it's a tree. Maybe you could make a bracha because I see a reference in the Torah, biblically, that wheat is called a tree. And then, no, the category for here, and this is a very important line of the Gemara, 
that the category for Bari Puri Eitz does not necessarily depend if something is a tree. Bari Puri Eitz is a different variable. When do we say Bari Puri Eitz? It's only when I take away the fruit. So Rashi translates Gafsa means that the branches still remain, and the same branch that produced the fruit that I ate will produce more fruit. But in a scenario where I take the fruit off, then the branch goes away, and then what happens is it produces another branch eventually that makes more fruit, but not the same branch. You don't say ha'etz, but rather you say ha'adama. So the issue in order to be ha'etz is that it has to be that it's the same branch that's producing it. Now, other Rishonim say it's not about the branch, and also doesn't mean the branch, it means the roots. Now, that has a tremendous machlokas. Because I'll give you an example, a very famous example that we all know about. Bananas. What is the correct bracha on bananas? So it depends. It's a machlokas Rishonim. If you hold that the Gemara is saying that the branches, it's all about the branches staying. So by the bananas, what happens is the branches fall away. And then new branches come out. So then they would not be ha'etz, but they would be ha'adama. But if it's about the roots going away and the roots coming back, banana roots do not go away. So and then the correct rock would be per per eight. So in fact, that is the halacha, is that we paskin me'ikra din, that, uh, you should, like, that it's not about the roots, that it's about the branches, and a, a banana should be a dama. But it's a thing people really don't know about. And the post can say that if you're ever in a situation where you have other fruits and vegetables around and you're eating a banana, always better never to make the brach on the banana. We're not saying don't eat bananas, you know, only in the middle of the meal. If you only eat bananas, you don't eat bananas, you make a dama. But whenever you have whatever, a fruit salad or whatnot with other adamas, and an is available, you never make the bracha on Adama because Adama is actually Machlokas Rishon. Now, there's actually something else which is mentioned. Obviously, the idea in the Gemara, the great Yisait of the Gemara, is that the Yisait of a Priha Eitz is the fact that the, the tree is able to endure the fruit leaving. That's, that's the definition. It's not about what we're selling a tree. Yeah, wheat is called a tree, quote unquote. But when we say Priha Eitz, the specific category is that the source is able to endure. You take off the fruit and then still the thing is there. Uh, that's the definition of Priha There is another thing which is mentioned, not never in a Gemara. Never in a Gemara. But, um, the, the, so let me just, I'm sorry, before I even get to that. So there's, let's say, for example, a lot of, you have a lot of these berries, which get very, very complicated with some of these laws. Like, for example, I think a strawberry is something which we know of is a dama because of the same idea that, uh, that, that, that the branches aren't there. Something like a, um, I think like cranberries as well. So it happens a lot of times when you're eating dry cranberries specifically. Also, not so well known. I think most folks can feel that uh, the bracha should be a dama on them. Another important thing to know is that it's not mentioned in the Gemara, but some folks can feel that any bush that grows, even if the roots do remain and the branch and the branches do remain, but if it's within nine tefachim of the ground, it doesn't grow up high, that it's not considered to be a tree. And you can't say bari priya eats, even if the branches do remain. So that rule causes a lot of sveikos and ilchos brachos. Depends. We try to do it. We don't try to do it. Bottom line is it's a little bit complicated. So let's say, for example, blueberries, regular blueberries grow a little bit higher. So I think everybody agrees essentially that blueberries should be a ha'etz. But there are definitely more wild blueberries. They say definitely there are species of blueberries that do grow very close to the ground, which then are, are a big suffix in the laws of brachos, what to do. Okay. But guarding everything, if you say shahako, you're yotze. Says the Gemari Tamar Ravuna says, Everything except for bread or wine. Meaning you could say shakal and everything and be yotze, but not bread or wine. If you're supposed to make a mozi, or you're supposed to make a baripiyakof, and then you're not yotze. What's the svar for Ravuna? Well, who cares if it's bread? Like, what's the vart? What's the difference? 
Shaka works for anything. So why wouldn't it work for bread or wine? So Rashi says that we find later on in, in the parak that Hamotzi and Hagafen are more chashev. And the reason they're more chashev, the Gemara is going to say, is because they're gorim a bracha even when you don't want to have them. You have to make kiddush. So bread and wine are things you make kiddush over. They would be mechayi the bracha. So Rashi says that therefore they're considered a catalyst for other brachas size brachas anenin. They're more of a chashev a bracha. And if it's more of a chashev a bracha, then maybe Shaka can't potter. Other Rishonim say a much simpler idea than Rashi. If you think about it, Hamotzi and Yayin, Baripi are the only brachos that are made on one specific item. You don't make a Hagafen on anything that's not wine. And you don't make Hamotzi on anything that's not bread. It's one specific item. Every other bracha, Ha'eit, Ha'adama, it includes multiple foods. There are many different types of fruits. There are many different types of vegetables. So shahakal is a general bracha. So it's a general bracha that can batter any other food that also only requires a general bracha. But a bracha that needs to be made on this specific item cannot be covered by a shahakal because of the fact that the mechaib of the bracha is to make a specific bracha. So shahakal is a general bracha, can't batter something which needs a specific bracha. However, Rabbi Yochanan says different. No, even pasviyayin can be pottered with a shahakal. Says the Gemara Limikatanai. Let's suggest that it's really machlokas on Amra. Pasu person sees bread. For Amra, any comments? Comment on Pasu. Wow! Look how amazing this bread is. Baruch Hamalkam Shabara. Blessed is Hashem who created it. Yotza. He's yotze with that bracha. Ra teino of Esau fig. Vamar kama not teino zu. How beautiful! How nice is this fig? Baruch Hamalkam Shabara. Blessed is God who created this fig. Yotza diver Amir. According to Amir, you fulfill a bracha like that. Rabbi Yosi Omer. Call him Mishan Mimatzbeish. A double chacham and brachos. Anyone who switches from the the nusach that the rabbis established, lo yotze idechavaso. He's not yotze. So it's machlokas. Someone is creative. He thinks Hashem for the fig or the bread, but I'll be it in a different nusach. It's a machlokas Rabbi and Rabbi Yosi if they're yotze. So the Gemara says, Neimar Rav Huna Rabbi Yosi. Rav Huna who said. That Shahakal is not Yotze Pasin Yain Yos like Rabbi Yossi. You can't switch the Nusach that the rabbi said. So, the same way you can't say thank you, Hashem, for a fig, you can't say, you can't say a Shahakal on bread. Rabbi Yochanan knows like Rameir that same way Shahakal would work to be Yotze Asviyain. You could make up your own bracha and do the same. Now, this Gemara is a very puzzling Havamina because. Even when we said that, uh, that, 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 that Rav Ravuna's rule that you can't say a shahako on bread and wine was only for bread and wine. Everybody agrees that you could say a shahako on a vegetable, for example, and be yotze. But what do you mean you switch the nusach that the rabbis wanted you to say? So obviously the issue here is not the same issue as there. It sounds very difficult that the Gemara is comparing them. We're having a machlokas if shahako works for bread and wine. The Gemara says that machlokas is telling the same machlokas of someone who said and makes up his own bracha on a figure of bread. Well, obviously, it's not the same machlokas. If everyone agrees, you could say shahakal on a fig and biyotze. So it's difficult. It's very difficult to understand what the Gemara wanted. So that's Taisus' question. I don't have clarity exactly what Taisus answered. But the, the question is very strong, what the Gemara is thinking. And the Gemara clearly comes along and distinguishes. I could go even like Rameir. I could go like Rameir. There, maybe you made up your own bracha, but you said the content of what the bracha is. You said, thank you, Hashem, for the bread. So maybe the words you made up. But you thanked Hashem for what you were supposed to say. Here you said shahakal on bread. So you didn't talk about the bread. You said shahakal. So maybe, yes, you said a beautiful bracha, but you didn't say what, you, what you're not talking about the, what you're supposed to talk about. I feel the Rameir modus. Maybe even Rameir would agree that you're not Yotze. I'm even going like Rabbi There, what happened? You're making up something which the rabbis never said. You made up a bracha called, thank you Hashem for bread. That's a made-up bracha. So made-up brachas never work. You could talk about bread till you're blue in the face, but if you make up a bracha, you're not yotze. You can't make anything up. When you say shahakal on bread, you're saying the wrong bracha, but you're not making up a bracha. 
So then maybe even Rabbi Yossi would be Moses. So let's clarify. We have two different machloksim on our hands. One is if you say shahakol on bread. There, you're not making up a bracha. You're saying a bracha that the rabbis instituted, but not on the right thing. That's a machlokas amaram between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Huna. There's another machlokas, a machlokas anam between Rabbi and Rabbi Yossi, where you thank Hashem for the right thing, but you make it up in your own words. That's another machlokas. The two machlokasim have nothing to do with each other. There's variables in both ways that do not make them um, independent. Says the Gemara. Binyamin Raya, Binyamin the shepherd, Karach Ripta, he broke bread. Va'amar Baruch Mari, the high pita. Blessed is the owner of this bread. See, it was, that was his benching. Blessed is the, is the master of this bread. Amar Rav Yatza, he was Yaitse benching. Says the Gemara, how can it be? Amar Rav Bracha, Rav has a rule. Every Bracha has to have Hashem's name in it. If you just say Baruch, Shak only of Dorot, not a Bracha, you have to say Bracha to Hashem. So where is Hashem's name? Says the Gemara, no, 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 you're right. He said, blessed is God, the master, the owner of this bread. Okay, so he mentioned Hashem's name. Says the Gemara, for benching, you need three blessings, right? Midaraisa even, most Rishonim hold. You need three blessings. Here he just said one blessing. So the Gemara says, you're right. He's Yotze, the first bracha, the first bracha was thanking Hashem for the food. The second bracha is the, is the land. The third bracha is Yerushalayim. But the first bracha, which is thanking Hashem for the food, he was Yotze if he said, Baruch Rachamanamari Daipita. Says the Gemara, so my Kamashman, why is it a novelty? The Avogadramalashanchol, even though he said it in, in a foreign language, he said it in Aramaic, he didn't say it in Hebrew. Tanina, we learned in a Mishnah, it's Ramlachalash, and these are the things that can be said in any language. Parsha Sota, doesn't have to be said in Hebrew. Vidoy Meiser, the confession a person makes in every three years that they've done the correct thing with Meiser. Kriyashma, Tfila, Uberkas Amazon, all those things can be said in English. So it says the Berkos Amazon can be said in English or any other language as long as you understand it. So what's the novelty that you're Yotze if you said Baruch Rachmana Mari Daipita? So the Gemara says an obvious answer. I say in English what the rabbis instituted to say in Hebrew. I translate the words of the bracha from Hebrew to English. I'm Yotze. But I will hear, here the guy, not only did he say it in Aramaic, he made up his own words. He said, blessed is God, the master of this bread. That's hardly a translation of the first of the first bracha of Berkas Amazon. So not only is he saying it in a foreign language, but he's being a little bit creative in the words that he's saying. So Emolo, I would say he's not Yotze. Kamash and that in fact he is Yotze. So it seems interesting because the takeaway from here would seem to be that we're poskening like Rabbi Meir. In the Machlokas Tanam, right? That's what it would seem to be. It's a little bit difficult. The Raman Paskins, uh, like Rabbi and like this Gemara. So that's a little bit difficult. There's a lot of Torah here why benching might be different, a whole hot. But the bottom line is, is that we're saying here by benching, if someone says, Barach Rachamon Amari Dahipita, the Yotze, the first Bracha, and that's considered a valid benching, even though they haven't translated in English the words that the rabbis themselves instituted. Says the Gemara Gufa, we said earlier, in a bracha that any bracha doesn't have Hashem's name mentioned is not Yotze. You can't, the very structure of a bracha has to have Hashem's name. No, there has to be more. You also have to say, You have to mention God's kingship. If you don't mention the fact that God, God is a king, then it's not a bracha. It's like Rab, that you don't need to say, Why? The Tanya says in a price. So this is by Vidoy Maiser. When a person is saying that they did everything right when they took off Trumas and Maisers. So he says, There's a possible 
He says, I haven't been over on any of your mitzvahs and I haven't forgotten. Lo avarti, I didn't, I wasn't over on anything means I wasn't over on remembering the bracha. When I took off the truma, I made a bracha. And I didn't forget, that when I made a bracha, I've said Hashem's name. But the Bryson doesn't say anything about saying Melech HaOlam. So the Gemara says, you're right. Rabbi Yochanan Tani, Rabbi Yochanan amends the Bryson to say like this. I didn't forget to mention your name and your kingship together with it. Now I'll just mention, there's a lot of uh, achronim we talk about in this Gemara. If you take a look at Rashi, what's the bracha? Rashi says, Now we always assume that most brachos are from the rabbis. Most brachos we assume are midrabanan. Here we have the brisa, which is interpreting the words of the Torah. That a person at Vidoy Meiser is saying, I didn't forget to do anything wrong. I did everything right. I remembered to say the bracha when I took off Truma and Meiser. And not only that, I remembered to say Hashem's name, right? That's what we're saying to be Yotzeh the bracha. Is this true? Is this bracha by Truma Adal, right? So is that even a, is that even a true concept? Rashi al Torah quotes this Gemara as well, and it's subject to much, much commentary that perhaps the bracha on Truma and Meiser specifically is an anomaly and maybe a Daraisa, despite the fact that every other Berchus and Mitzvahs clearly is only a Darabana. Says the Mishnah, anything that doesn't grow from the ground is Shahakal. Then Alachomets on vinegar. So that grows in the ground, but it's spoiled. Ala Novlos, we'll see what Novlos are in the Gemara. Valagovai are grasshoppers. Omer Shakonim is you say Shahakal. I don't understand why the Mishnah speaks out grasshoppers. I, I, I don't understand what's, what, what's specific about grasshoppers more than anything else. Foul meat. I, I don't know why the Mishnah speaks that one out. Rabbi Yudah says, anything that has been cursed, you don't make a bracha on. So Pashtas, he's coming to uh, definitely disagree with vinegar. That's very clear because vinegar is spoiled wine. So whereas we're saying you say shahako on, on, on spoiled wine, Rabbi Yudah is saying, no, you don't make a bracha at all. It's not like something you associate with a bracha. It's a curse. So I'm assuming that there's something about the grasshoppers also, which is a curse. And that's why it's in the Mishnah. So meaning, yes, it's good and you can eat it and it's good, but the very presence of the grasshopper is considered a curse. And that's why Rabbi Yudah say you don't make a bracha on the grasshopper. Rashi is mashma that way to me. I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure, but I think, I think that's what's going on. The Tanakama is saying the govai is also, it doesn't go from the ground. It's no different than chicken. You make a shako. Rabbi Yudah is saying no. It's part of his rule. The same way he Rabbi Yudah, you don't make a bracha on spoiled wine. You don't make a bracha on the grasshopper. The presence of the grasshopper, I guess, because he eats the crops, would be a simon klal. Says the Gemara, how you look harvest? What do you do if you have many different things to eat? Which one do you go first? If there's one for the Shiva Samidim, you make the bracha on that. So if let's say you'd have pomegranates and apples, Rabbi Yudah would say you make the bracha on the pomegranate. You go for the one that you want. You watch my one you enjoy more. You may go for that. We'll learn about this much more in depth, that aspect tomorrow. Says the Gemara, we learned anything that doesn't grow from the ground. Like meat of behemoths, of a domestic animal, chayos, a wild animal, ofos, birds, dog, and fish. Milk, baitsim, eggs, gvina, cheese, spoiled bread, moldy bread, or spoiled wine, or, 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 or spoiled dish. All those things you say, Shaakalamelech. Balazamis and salt and brine, alkmeva, pitrios, truffles, mushrooms, omer shakal. So the Gemara jumps on that. Lamemer the Kwain, pitrios, have duly Is that true? The truffles and mushrooms are considered growing from the ground. Vatani says in the Braisa, Hanodim repairs art, someone who takes a vow that he's not going to enjoy the fruits of the land, also repairs art, he's not allowed to have pairs art, and mutter be kmeyan on pitrios, and he's mutter in kmeyan on pitrios, because here he said peros art, so they're not fruits of the land. But if he said anything that grows from the ground, then he's forbidden even So it sounds like from the Brisa that they're not Peros but that they grow from the ground. They grow from the ground, they're not Peros 
So why would they grow from the ground? Because they're definitely they're from, the nutrients are from the ground. They're just not directly, you know, drawing from the ground. It's through the air. So the bottom line is, so we're asking Akasha here. We said anything that's not gidule karka, anything that's not a growth of the ground, like truffles and mushrooms, you say shahakal. So if you'd say you say shahakal because it doesn't, because it's not a pre-haaretz, we could hear that. But that's not what we said. We said it's shahakal because it doesn't grow from the ground. So Gemara is saying that's not true. Someone who's made a nether, he's not going to eat anything that's a growth of the ground. He's not allowed to eat truffles and mushrooms. So we see that truffles and mushrooms are considered a growth of the ground. So how could you say that the reason why you make shahakal and mushrooms is because they're not a growth of the ground? So Of course they grow from the ground. But they don't draw their nutrients directly from the ground. So the Gemara says, but still, <coughs> you said anything that doesn't grow from the ground. So we're still stuck. You said truffles don't have growth from the ground. You didn't say something about them drawing directly from the ground. So the Gemara amends the Gersa. We amend the Gersa. Of course, the truth is truffles and mushrooms grow from the ground, but that they don't draw directly from the ground that comes through the air. But what we should have said in the Bryce was anything that's not Anything that's not yonic Mars, it's not drawing directly from the ground, that's where shahakal is made. And that's the reason why a mushroom is a shahakal, because although it grows from the ground, it's not drawing directly um, from the ground. All right, so now we mentioned novlos. We mentioned three things that were machlokas reviewed on the Rabbanan. We said spoiled wine, vinegar, novlos, and the grasshoppers. So three things you say shahakal, and Rabbanan seem to say they're a main clueless, you don't make a bracha. So the Gemara says, my novlos, what's novlos? Rabzeir of it means that they got like um, they were over overheated in the sun. They were out in the sun. Tainas go in sunny places, so the sun beat down on them, and therefore they um, they they stopped tasting good. Like I guess you know they got they lost their sweetness or whatnot by the sun. They got Rashi says it's almost like they got burned burned by the sun. They were blown off the tree a little bit prematurely. So meaning nothing happened to them and they still taste super good. They were just blown off the tree by the wind. So the Gemara says, Tanah, says anything that's a curse, you don't make a bracha on. And presumably he was going back on all these things, including Novlo. So if you say that they were burned by the sun and Carly Minklo, that's why they were cursed. They were good. Then they got cursed when they were burned by the sun. They were blown off the tree early. That's not a curse. And even if it doesn't taste as good because it didn't get as ripe as it possibly could, but it's not a curse. A curse would only be if it got burned by the sun. It was good, it was bad. Here it just didn't finish as much as it could. That's not a curse. So the Gemara says, you're right. Asha'ara. Rabbi is not disagreeing on Novlos. He agrees that Novlos are shahako. He was only disagreeing on the other ones. Says the Mar'ikadami, other interpretation. It's good if you say they were scorched by the sun. That's why the bracha is Because since they don't taste good anymore, that's why they're shahako. If you say that they were just blown off prematurely, it's a good fruit. It tastes good. It tastes like a date. Everything's good. It just isn't as ripe as it would be had it stayed on longer. So that's not a sign you make shahako on. It tastes like, the, like a good fruit. So the Gemara says, you're right. In our Mishnah, Novlos definitely means that they were scorched by the sun. No question. And that's the Machlux review of the Rabbanon, whether it's Shahakal or nothing. They're arguing about a different term, Novlos tomorrow, which we find in a different Mishnah. Did not. The light things of Demai. Demai is when you buy something from an Amar, so you're not sure if you took off Trimus or They were incentivized not to take it, not to be, they were cheap, and therefore you have to take off again. However, if it's things that are inexpensive, they're not worth that much to begin with, you're allowed to be lenient because they're not incentivized to cheat and not take off Trimus or because, anyways, they're very inexpensive. So the Kalan Shadamaya, she's in Arim and Ozri, Ben Oshua, Ben Oshikma, Gufna, Nifsa, Novlos, Tamara. So now we go through what these things are. She's Somebody help me here. That's a type of fig, not a good type of fig. Rimin kandi, kandi, 
What is that? Rashi seems to say it's some form of date, not a good date. And we get an English word on it? Lotus. Okay. Tulshi. What's that? So those are white figs, which evidently are not as good. Duvli. What is that? Sycamore figs. Okay. Gufni are shilhi. Kuli gufni. What is that? What is that? I'm sorry. Shilhi is like, what is that? A bad type of grape? Yeah, it sounds like some bad type of grape. Any name on that one? Shilhi gufni are late season grapes. Late season grapes. And then we have gufni is nifsa. Those are caper berries. We learned about those on Shabbos. Nifsi paracha, right? They're the ones that come, the, the caper berries from, from the caper tree. Novlos tamara, so that was the last one. What are novlos tamara? One says it's that they're scorched by the wind, and one says that they're blown off early. So the machlokas was not in our Mishnah. In our Mishnah, novlos clearly means scorched by the sun and mink lala. The machlokas is in that Mishnah, what does it mean? There it might mean blown off by the wind. So the Gemara says, The Bishlam, if you say it was scorched by the sun, that's the Kalan Shadimai, Sveikonu, the Pater. Because you didn't know if the Amaretz took it off, you could be lenient. If you know for sure, you have some sun scorched dates that are in front of you, you of course you have to take off Miser. You're only Pater because you're not sure if the Amaretz did it. If we say that they were blown off by the sun, you should never have to take off Miser. Why? Blown up by the wind. You should never have to take off miser. Hefker in Once they get blown up by the tree, they become hefker because you give up hope. They're blown away. They're not there in a way that you can guard them. So they're hefker. What's the rule? Hefker is pater miser. So why does it say that, um, that the thing you get from the amma aretz you don't have to tie because it's a suffix? Even if it was your own thing, if it was blown off by the tree, it became a ram's hefker. Once it becomes hefker, you don't have to take off. So the says, also go in. You gather it together. Even things that were hefker, but if you gather many things that are hefker together and you make like a pile out of it, then altmaris ayin, you still have to take. Take off trumas and maestros. Where do we see that? If the oni gathers some lekachikho peya, so lekachikho peya are hefker. You don't have to take off trumas and maestros. But if he makes a whole pile out of them and brings them together, he makes a pile hookful of maeser. Then midrabanon there is a din that you're supposed to take off maeser. Is that the right chat? And uh, 